I'm trying to like teach our son that in you know in my own way um, you know there's nothing that you could tell me or say to me that would make you love you any less um, you know there are times where he knows he's done something wrong or um, he knows that I'm upset and he hides or hides what he did and it's I mean that's us that's us with God and you know I I never want him to think oh I can't tell my dad um, because he won't love me he'll be disappointed um, I might be disappointed but I'm never gonna you know not love him this is the Define Dad Podcast, show number eight, coming to you today from the great state of Texas. My name is Andrew Sullivan. Thank you so much for making this show part of your day. Define is defined in the dictionary as showing a disposition to challenge, resist, or fight. And this podcast equips fathers to fight for themselves and their families using the truth of the gospel. If you're a listener to this podcast, I, uh, I got a sneaky suspicion just a little one, that prayer is a foundational element of your day-to-day life. And if it's not, uh, my guest today has some incredible and thought-provoking things to share that might encourage you in that direction. Um, my personal conviction, friends, is that uh, praying both for my wife and kids and with my wife and kids is one of the greatest and most uh, beneficial things that I can do for the sake of our family. Are you listening to this episode and you want to be a good provider for your family? Well, it's more than just the money that you bring home. Your family needs more than your material goods. Pray, my friends. Pray. Pray with your family and for your family. And you will see so much fruit produced and so much strength and stability brought into your home like you wouldn't believe. Cody Cotton is a longtime friend of mine. We first met at TCU back in the fall 2005, and earlier this year, he self-published a prayer journal uh, for men using Amazon. Uh, I wanted to hear his perspective on prayer as a husband, as a father of two, and as a longtime friend, and uh, I think the discussion we had is going to be super, super beneficial to you, no matter what your prayer life looks like right now. Before we begin today, uh, I would love to ask you to take just 10, 15 seconds of your time and forward this episode or one of my other episodes on to someone. Uh, while it definitely helps the show grow a little, and I appreciate that, I know that it will also serve to bring some encouragement to your friend or to your loved one you share it with. Uh, today's, con- today's conversation, totally worth the time. You're going to love it. This is Cody Cotton. You're a new dad, right? Um, well, I've got a... Do you have two uh, kids? Nine-month-old and... Uh, Three and a half year old. Oh my goodness! Okay, so you yeah. know, yeah, we're right, right in this together. That's yep. great, man. Both boys, so um, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's a uh, crazy times. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I had a friend of mine uh, on a video podcast, a video recording. This is Brian Jennings. He was my second or third guest, hmm. and he made this great comment that I ended up putting on my Instagram for the account for the for the podcast. It said, "You know, you don't know how." selfish you are as a person oh. to get married yep then you really don't know how selfish you are until yep. you have kids yeah you know and then i need to add to that until you have your second yeah you know as you now have totally congratulations by the way yeah that's awesome you. yeah two two babies so both boys both girls or yep both boys so it's awesome. uh my wife's hoping we're we think we're gonna have a third but um she's hoping for a girl <laughs> <laughs> a boy dog and two 
two little boys. Lots so. of boys running around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She needs yeah. someone on her side. <laughs> That's cool. Well, Cody, thanks so much for coming in, man. Yeah. It's really an honor to have you here. Um, really grateful you take time out of your day and out of your evening and time away from your wife and your babies. You know, I was about to say, I have a, a five-year-old son and a, and a two-year-old daughter, and uh, so grateful that today um, we had a we got invited to a, to a pool party yeah. this morning, and so I was able to take both kids over there and just exhaust them. Yes. The rest of the day was so much smoother. I'm just like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, how do <laughs> I get them the to key. do this every day? Like, yeah. it was so nice. Yeah, exhaustion was, is key. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they were just running around thinking they just had the best day ever, and I'm just chilling in the pool thinking this is the best day ever, you know? It's kind yep. of funny seeing pool parties and things like that from the other side, because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, now I see why my parents enjoyed these and yep. had no problem yep. with it either. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's been a really smooth day and I was able to get them down. Uh, you know, in the summertime, it's hard getting them down early because the, the sun goes down so late. Yeah. You know, it's not even dark yet. I mean, it's nine o'clock and we just yep. started this podcast and it's really truly not even dark. I mean, yep. your headlights are on, but it's like not, not yeah. that bad. But then like... Uh, you know, I'm like, okay, well, Cody's going to be here at nine. I really need to <laughs> yeah. really, really, really need to have the, them out of the bath by eight. So yes. I can read plenty of books and have them good and tired, tired, yep. have them out. Hopefully at eight 30, I'll go tidy up the office and get it all ready, get all this stuff set up. And it worked perfectly tonight. So I'm so grateful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here, man. Yeah. It seems like my son likes to, uh, get really crazy right before bedtime. I think Dude, yeah. trying to keep himself awake, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's Isn't that funny. Int- yeah. Isn't that funny? There's always like that last minute like energy burn. Yeah. You know, I always and then crash. I always think of like when I was way before kids, you know, I was like in college or right after my wife and I got married, like I was thinking like, oh, we should get a dog, you know, and I really remember being interested in boxers. I just think they're just beautiful animals. My grandpa had a boxer and uh, I'd get on like these message boards and these threads like online trying to find more about them, more about them, more about them before we really pulled the trigger. We never got one. But I remember thinking, I remember reading like boxers go through this period where they just have like this, they call it the boxer burn. Where, like mm-hmm. they're just, they're couch potatoes all day, but then they'll have like two or three periods a day where they just 120 miles an hour, just everywhere around the house and up yep. the stairs and around the backyard. And I'm like, yep. huh. When you said that, I'm like, that's, you know, that energy burn thing today, it kind of reminds me of mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yep. So, that's my son. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, I'm glad we're in the thick of this together. Yeah. Uh, thanks again for being here, man. Yeah. Um, have, a, have an old friend. In here, you know, I've known you since uh, 2005 ish, I think, is probably when we both started. Yeah, TCU. crazy. So, dude, and that notes, we're like, I don't feel that old. 20 years. Yeah, dude. Like, I've known you for almost basically <laughs> for 20 years. Like, I don't feel that old. You don't look that I old. Know. I don't think I look that old. Like, it's weird, man. Like, I think that means we're old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, it's funny. I saw this, <laughs> I saw this meme on Instagram the other day that was like, uh, is this man washing dishes at the sink? And the music playing is the that 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 song you know the one hip hop song is like uh, apple bottom jeans yep. boots with fur you know <laughs> and he's like a, and it's like a guy like all right like dance it to it yep. and he's like when my teenage son hears this song and all of a sudden it switches over to like some super old like pop mu- like uh, orchestra music from like the fifties you know like a jazz yes. kind of thing <laughs> pretty much and I was like. I guess yeah, we are that old. Yeah, we're getting that. Yeah, we've got apple bottom jeans is now dad rock. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, well, um, let's let's go ahead and get started here. I want to uh, I want to know. I mean, I've known you for a long time, but I want to know you know your story. Where did you grow up? What do you do now? Yeah, um, you know, bringing in because you you self published a prayer journal, which I think is <laughs> yeah. fabulous. We'll ask you more about that here in a minute. Yeah. So, what's what's your story? 
Yeah, so uh, grew up in Irving, so not not too far. Um, and uh, that's right. I was sitting there thinking the other night. It's like yes. I was thinking I knew I knew you're from DFW, and I, was, I wanted to say like Capel or something. One of the mid cities. Is Irving yeah. a mid city? Do you count? Is that considered yeah. a mid city? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> had two amazing parents. Um, you know, mom was always very generous, very hospitable, wanted to have all my friends over all the time. And, um, you know, my dad was very hardworking, very entrepreneurial. Um, Mm. first one in his family to go to college and became a dentist. So, you know, just, you know, totally broke the mold, um, and his family. And, um, so that's, that's been a big impact on my life. Um, and, you know, growing up, um, probably, you know, before elementary school, uh, my parents were both deacons at a um, Disciples of Christ church mm-hmm. in Irving and um, uh, were super involved uh, in the youth group. And I remember, you know, riding in the, the huge van with all the students. And um, But at some point, uh, you know, one of the pastors at the church... Um, you know, did something inappropriate with, with the kid. Oh, no. And so, you know, my parents at that time chose to leave the church Yeah, and, um, really looked for a long time for another church and just never found one that fit. Mm. Um, and so we, we really didn't consistently go back to church until high school. Mm. Um, and you know, that's, that's kind of when I, um, discovered my faith is in high school. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, it's, a, it's such a shame because, you know, my parents were so involved and um, really got burned um, by the church by, you know, just sinful human. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I think it made a big, big impact on them. And, you know, I didn't know it at the time, mm-hmm. um, didn't, didn't uh, know anything, but um, kind of robbed me of that experience of my parents being super involved in church and, um, you know, until high school, um, just took, I think it took that long for, for them to kind of heal and get over that. Um, and you know, but luckily we found a church, um, in high school and started going together. And, um, that's when I went to church camp, of course. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's when I really became a Christian and, um, just had this, of course, spiritual high of, of church camp and, um, but really it, it totally, um, changed my life. Um, Mm. you know, I, I've always uh, struggled with kind of anxiety and, and depression and, um, you know, I'm not going to say, I wish that, you know, my faith totally cured that, right? but it's, it's made it to where I have tools Mm -hmm. Um, scripture and prayer and, you know, amazing, um, godly guys that have been in my life, Mm. um, to help navigate that. And, you know, I think that's kind of what, um, has driven me forward in my faith is the people around me. Mm. Um, you know, now it's, you know, my wife and I together, Mm -hmm. um, just battling together. Um, and it's, yeah, it's beautiful. I love that. I was going to ask you, you know, I sent these questions ahead of time and I thought of one. I mean, you kind of answered on already. Like one thing I haven't asked my guests to this point I wanted to ask you is what has, has your faith in Christ saved you from, you know, cause it's easy to say, well, from, 
damnation, you know, or mm-hmm. from separation, eternal separation from God. But like on earth, you know, what has your faith saved you from? And to hear you say anxieties, you know, totally, and has brought you out of isolation, let's say, or loneliness, you know, mm-hmm. now you have, you've had, free, I mean, as long as I've known you, you've had friends, Christian yeah. friends, but now you have a wife, a godly wife, yep. uh, a helpmate, you know, that's, uh, that's incredible. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think, um, even, you know, in high school when I was, you know, basically a baby Christian, just hearing the scripture and, um, uh, you know, just, I think pierced me so deep, you know, to my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just incredibly impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, just the truth that that, that rang in my life. So, um, I'm forever grateful to that, uh, group of friends that invited me to church camp, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, totally changed me. Where was your church camp at? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> was it a different place each year or was it like a... No, it was, as part, as part of my church um, in Irving and I can't even remember the name of the, oh, yeah. the church camp. But... Okay. I was wondering if you had like a, cause we always, we'd always go to the same place in uh, near the Frio River in Southwest Texas. Yeah. Uh, Alto Frio Baptist Encampment. And it's still there. Last I heard, actually I had a gig about a month or two ago over in North Dallas and it was a retirement party for a man who had <laughs> preached at that camp a number of years, uh, for different events and things. And, That's awesome. and I was like, I've never heard any other human in 20 plus years since high school utter the words Alto Frio Baptist came out. And I'm just sitting there <laughs> playing, you know, yeah. covers for this party. And I'm like, wait a second, did he say that? So as soon as I got done playing, I had to go over and ask That's him. That's really cool. Yeah, it was it was wild. It's not a glorious place. It, the Frio River is incredible, but yeah. the camp is not. It's very bare bones, <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah. it was probably constructed, if I had to guess, in like the 40s, you know, the 1940s. Wow. Like it was... Still, it was impactful. Oh, yeah, man. Tremendous impact on my life, going there for a week each summer yeah. uh, from, from 7th through 12th grade. Um, yeah. A lot of lifelong friendships made. People who've been on this podcast were there with me. Mm. Um, guys, I want to have on the podcast. You know, like it's just yep. amazing. Yep. The memories forged uh, through that. So, how did you? Uh, what 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 do you do now professionally? So, what has your path from TCU been like? Since? Yeah. So, um, you know, now I work for a senior living operator. Hmm. Okay. Um, and so we have like 40 different um, senior living communities, mostly in Texas, but I'm responsible for anything building related. So that's right. Cause I remember you have like yes. an engineering background, right? Yeah. So anything um, to do with um, new construction, renovations, repairs, all of that is kind of in my, my wheelhouse. Love it. So it's, it's fun. And you know, it's interesting. I knew nothing about senior living when I got started mm-hmm. um at my company and um but really the people that work there uh, it's like a mission to them because mm-hmm. you know you're serving um these seniors kind of in the the last legs of their life mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know our average stay is is not very long um mm-hmm. when people move in it's because they need they need help they need help um, in their final years yeah yeah and so it, it's it's really a privilege to to help do that. I love that. I like that. I think the creator side of me, like creation, the builder side of me, like really enjoys the idea of that. You know, I think that's, I think that'd be fascinating, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, just keeping them in mind when we build anything, um, you know, just have to have that mindset of 
this is for them. This is their house. This is, you know, what they're going to live the last few years of life. We want it to be beautiful. Yeah. Um, something that they're proud of. Yeah. And, um, you know, design for them. Yeah. And it's cool that you have a, have a company that you said and coworkers that are mm-hmm. equally minded. That's gotta be so encouraging. It is. How did you, how did you get into to writing then? So I was, <laughs> I was on Facebook, you know, or Instagram or whatever a few months back and, you know, we've been friends forever and I don't get on Facebook much anymore, but you know, we don't have time, right? you know, but we're, I'm only on there ever to really promote my music stuff. And I was on there and I saw that you had self-published, uh, what, well, tell us the title, the, yeah, so it's just uh, a prayer journal for men. Here, can you reach over and hand it to me? Yeah. I'm sorry. If you bump the mic, it's not a big deal. Yeah. All right, yeah, here we go. Um, so, you know, it's uh, something that I wanted to do. Just, uh, you know, my job is very not creative, I would say. Um, for the most part, it's, you know, emails and phone calls and <laughs> yeah. the grind. So I wanted to do something creative and... Um, something I was passionate about and this just kind of came to mind and, um, you know, it took probably a couple months of just brainstorming and trying to figure out what that would look like, um, what I would include and, and yeah, just kind of came together and, uh, what what was the writing process like? How long did, how long did it take you? And yeah. You self-published. I don't know anything about self-publishing this kind of thing. I've done music a number of times, but yeah, I mean, frankly, uh, Amazon makes it really easy. <laughs> really? Okay, all right. Um, yeah. So I, you know, used Canva to kind of design it. Ugh, the best. Yeah, I, awesome. So easy. I love Canva. Like, um, I hardly and, even use Photoshop or InDesign like ever anymore. Yeah, and so you know, I there's some kind of guided questions at the beginning of each week um, and a verse, and you know, it's just things that I thought that men and dads really would would benefit from and be impacted by to kind of guide the conversation, Mm -hmm. um, with Mm -hmm. God. And, uh, you know, a lot of times I'm, you know, this is me. I wander off in my thoughts while I'm, I'm praying. And, um, I've found that prayer, doing a prayer journal really helps focus myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can be a little bit more eloquent for some reason when I, when I write Mm -hmm. rather than, just thinking in my head and get distracted and yes. um, trail off and think about what's for dinner or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you ever been like that, like laying there? Yep. Uh, so our kids, they've got, we, we moved them to extra long twin beds like really early, maybe earlier than we should have, but <laughs> that just so that we could both lay with our kids when they're falling asleep at night, you know, mm-hmm. just those last minute cuddles in the end of the day, just yeah. so sweet. And I often pray out loud to the kids or I'm, after they're asleep, I'll lay there praying with them for them a little bit. And my prayers. More often than not, because it's late and I'm tired, and I've been laying still with my eyes closed next to them for yeah. 30 minutes. Like, it's very hard to stay on focus. And like, <laughs> I'll like start a prayer, and then next thing you know, I've dozed, and I wake up thinking about something else. And I'm like, oh yeah, I was praying. Yep. I'm like, sorry, God. <laughs> Back to where? I, where, where were we? <laughs> you know. Yep. And like, I'm, are you? Do you do that? <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. Um. I mean, I I think that's unfortunately just a natural, <laughs> yeah. natural thing, and yeah. there's no telling what what God says. That, yeah. You know, just laughs probably yeah. at us. I but. saw I saw this thing a long time ago on the subject years ago, and it was kind of and it was so beautiful. And I wonder, I want to believe this is true. I don't see anything on his face wrong. You know that it's like 
we are, uh, it's as if like our own child was falling asleep in our lap and talking to us and they doze and they wake up real quick and say a few more things and they doze back. Like we're in love with that. Like mm-hmm. we love that. It's a precious moment. So yeah. I hope that God feels the same way yeah. about us. Now, if that's our only prayer of the day, maybe we could do better. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like, yeah, that's cool. No, I mean, I, I think for my wife and I both, um, you know, prayer journaling has been very impactful because, um, even before we met each other, we were kind of doing prayer journals and like, like separate before you, yeah, okay, that's what I was going to ask. Separately. Did she like bring it that in? Okay. Um, and I think what I really love more than anything is, you know, it, it provides some focus, but you can also go back weeks, months, years later and read your prayers mm. and kind of see what God has done since then mm. answered your prayers, maybe in expected ways, unexpected ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's beautiful uh, to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because <clears throat> right before my wife and I met, we both, you know, were doing prayer journals, and um, I kind of wrote down, you know, my prayer for what I was looking for in a wife. We were mm. a little bit older. I was 30, mm-hmm. she was 27, and, mm-hmm. you know, I had dated and just never found uh, the person that I, you know, wanted to marry. And so I wrote down this list of things that I was looking for in a wife, and crazy enough, she had done the same thing before we had met. Wow! Um, literally in within, her prayer journal. Yes, I love in a that. prayer journal. And so we both have those, and we we shared with each other. I don't know a couple of years ago, and we were like, "This is crazy." Huh. Um, but it's just so cool to look back and see how God has answered your prayers. Hmm. Um, you know, because a lot of times we just forget. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a something that pops in your head and you pray mm-hmm. to God and you kind of, um, years later, would totally forget that. But if it's yeah. written down, you have something you can go back to and, and kind of see what, what he's done in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love a few few things pop to mind. The question that I first wanted to ask you is what has, what do you think is the biggest lesson, if for lack of better words, that you've learned through journaling? Yeah, I mean, I I think even in writing, it doesn't have to be perfect. It can be messy. It can be just a, a stream of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and because God wants to hear that, it's not anything, you know, super formal. He yeah. just wants to hear from you and talk with you. And, mm. um, you know, um, I I just love that. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. You know, it's I think. I think early in my years as a Christian, I came to faith uh, as a 12-year-old, as a 13-year-old, you know, but even for a long time as I was maturing as a human and as mm-hmm. a believer both, like there was a long time where I thought my prayers really needed to be beautiful and like oh, yep. a work of art or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't have put it that bluntly back in the day, but, you know, like they needed to be crafted yeah. in a certain way, let's say for them to be effective as if there was some algorithm I'm trying yep. to fulfill. I'm just trying to push the right buttons with God. Um, you know, as if he doesn't already hear our thoughts right. from the moment we wake, you know? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're totally right. Um, you know, I came to faith in high school, so it was um, for the people I was in a youth group, group with, that was a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And so they had been praying for a long time out loud and, yeah. um, you know, kind of, I'd somewhat mastered that 
craft and know all the yeah. churchy words to say. And that's funny you say that. I, yeah. I remember. I distinctly. I distinctly. You just brought back this memory. I distinctly remember in seventh grade, uh, my first semester or two going to church. We didn't even really start going to church. You know, my mom was a Christian. My dad wasn't a believer till later in their marriage. Um, and somewhere in that time frame, uh, you know, we started going to church and uh, in the woodlands and um, at, at the Baptist at Crossroads Baptist there in the woodlands. I remember like the first semester we were going. I was in seventh grade, and I remember like hearing the high schoolers pray, and I was open minded. You know, mm -hmm. like I was, I, my heart had been softened yeah. by the Holy Spirit. I don't think I'd even come to faith in the Lord yet, but I was definitely not like antagonistic to the experience of going to church and reading the Bible and things. And I remember like hearing these prayers and thinking like, whoa, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like how holy and man and right. my prayers got to be like that someday. And for a long time, even after coming to know the Lord, like I yeah. felt like if I'm not praying that way, I shouldn't pray even at all. Yeah. Um, it's intim It can be intimidating yeah. to a new Christian when you hear someone pray this really eloquent um, prayer, but that's not really what God cares about. He just wants you. He wants to hear yeah. your thoughts and, mm. um, you know, talk with him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I wanted to ask you, um, I mean, I asked you about the lessons you've learned, you know, through starting this journaling. Journaling is never really something I've done. Um, and one thing that popped up to mind, I asked you already about the lessons you've learned, but I wanted to ask you also, like, have you, do you feel like, do you feel like you've discovered or maybe been greater informed of attributes of God through this? Like, has it brought you into a deeper sense of worshiping him for who he is? I think so. Um, like I said, it's, it kind of gives you some more time to think, you know, I can, and can pause mm -hmm. in the middle of a sentence and mm -hmm. think about you know, the words to describe God, to describe, you know, how I'm feeling or, uh -huh. um, and for me, it's just a time to reflect and, mm -hmm. um, you know, get the words out, uh, yeah. whether that is beautiful or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's my words and it's my, my prayer to God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think especially looking back to see, um, his faithfulness, mm -hmm. um, through, through his my prayers and what he's done with those, yeah. Even if he hasn't, you know, given me what I need or what I thought I needed, what you thought you needed, yeah. Um, you know, he still answered the prayers in in a better way than I could imagine. Mm. That's so that's so beautiful. Yeah, that's so true. That's cool. I love that you had the story of meeting your wife and and you both journal. I think that's just fabulous. It's wonderful. That's crazy. It's really really cool. Um, um. I was going to ask you something. I, I am the worst at thinking up questions on the spot. There was something I was going to ask you. Um, <laughs> I have to edit this out in a second. Um, You're totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I looked at, I, uh, um, what was I going to ask you? Um, oh, so what I was going to say, so, and we're back. Yeah. <laughs> what I was going to say, uh, the, the train left the station and went the wrong way. <laughs> I've called it back in. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned this to Ryan Jackson. I had him on a video podcast that hasn't been released yet. He's, oh, he's, man. Yeah, he, it was a great discussion he and I had uh, a few nights ago. Um, cause he, he's living down in Bernie now in Central Texas. Uh, oh, nice. worship down there, and he and I talked about that uh, for a while. But uh, one of the things that came up in our discussion I think is relevant to this one, too, um, 
uh, you were speaking of how you can be honest when you journal. Um, and uh, my father passed away unexpectedly, 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, one day he was there, he went in for high bypass pass surgery. And long story short, he didn't make mm-hmm. it through, you know, and that was that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember in the weeks after that, obviously I was struggling with it. You know, I would never say I doubted God's existence or anything like that, but I was definitely questioning God's goodness and his yeah. plan for my life. And like, what in the world is, why would I go through this? You know, as anybody, I think, understandably has gone through tragedy. You know, that's a totally normal, yeah. valid response. It is. You know, um, I remember our friend, uh, uh, Ben Connolly, mm-hmm. you know, he called me a couple weeks after that and he was saying, uh, I, I told the story in the episode with RJ, but I'll say again, because obviously you heard it. He, he told me, uh, he asked, he's asking how I feel. And I said, you know, I'm struggling in my prayer right mm-hmm. now, in my prayer life. You know, I love God deep down and I know this is the truth. Yeah. And I intend to continue following this path. However, I just don't feel worshipful right now, you know? Um, and I'll never forget like this. He, he told me, he said, you know, if you look at the Psalms, he told me, he's like, just talk to God, whether you feel worshipful or not. Yeah. He said, look at the Psalms. He said, it's filled with, with chapter after chapter, Psalm after Psalm Mm -hmm. of David being brutally honest with God, you know? Yeah. You have, you know, you have Psalm 23, obviously, you know, <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd and it's, it's a mm-hmm. praise, you know, but then you have so many other ones like, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. Lord, how long will my enemies triumph over me? Lord, how long will you turn your face from me? You know, all these very bold things to say to the maker of the universe, Yeah. you know, almost challenging him. I mean, not almost, right, truly challenging him, mm-hmm. you know, saying, yeah, uh, uh, doubting his goodness. You yeah. know, I think there's been this I don't know if it's like a common Christian thing, like because I've experienced like at least at some periods in my growth as a Christian, like these periods where I'll, I'll think or maybe I'll hear teaching that says, uh, you know, you should never. To the you should never doubt God's goodness to the point that you are not even honest with Him when you're struggling. Yeah, you know. I don't think you should doubt God's goodness. God's goodness, like as a fact. God is always good. Yeah. When we don't understand his ways, his ways are not our ways. You know, when tragedies happen, I don't understand them. Yeah. I weep over them sometimes, you know, like I understand that bad things happen and I don't have the answers, you know, and I never will. Yeah. I never will. But I do trust that God is good and that his ways are above mine. Yep. Always. His reasoning and his understanding. I'll never be smarter than him. I'll never be a better planner, a better engineer yeah. than he is, you know. Um, I'll never be kinder you know, yeah. than him. Uh, and so, uh, I'll, I'll never forget Ben telling me about that, you yeah. know, and, and because that, it turned a new leaf, mm-hmm. I think in my prayer life, there was some good that came out of my dad's death, Yeah, you know, uh, because I was able to really tell God, like, I don't like this. Mm. I don't like that you've made this happen to me and to my yeah. mom and to my family. Yeah to my friends, to his friends, you know? Um, and I think because of that, my faith, my spiritual life, my faith in God just grew so much richer. Yeah. So full, you know, like you think of your relationship with your wife 
And um, how rich would it really be? How rich would it, your your relationship with your wife really be if you guys never disagreed? Right. You know, we hate. I hate fighting. I there's nothing. There's a few yeah. things I hate as much in life as fighting with my wife. Yeah. Like I absolutely hate it. I am a peacemaker to a fault. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, as soon as we hit a button the road, like a, a bump in the road, like I'm ready to smooth it out right then and there. That's not really her fighting style. And like that's marriage. We've we've learned how to adapt and work through that. Right. You know. Um, but those moments where there's conflict, and even those, and I'd say, are, are similar and parallel to our relationship with God. When there's moments where His will is in conflict with our will, mm-hmm. and you know, and rather than hide from them. And him and say, God, you're always good, but in my heart, I secretly don't like you, but I'm not going to tell you I don't like you yep. right now, or I don't like this right now. Like, he knows that, so why don't we just be honest? Exactly. You know, do you feel like, I mean, do you, is, do you feel this way too? Yeah, and I think, you know, in a, you know, in a, in a small way, I'm trying to, like, teach our son that, in, you know, in my own way, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's nothing that you could tell me or say to me that would make you love you any less. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there are times where he knows he's done something wrong or um, he knows that I'm upset mm-hmm. and he hides or hides what he did. I hate that. And it's, I hate it when my son does I mean, that. that's us. Yeah. That's us with God. And, you know, I, I never want him to think, oh, I can't tell my dad um, because he won't love never. me. He'll be disappointed. Um, I might be disappointed, but I'm never going to, you know, not love him. And I think that's perfect example of exactly what you said. Um, God just wants us to come to him no matter what we have to say. Um, he's never going to not love us. He's never going to run from us or push us away. Uh, he just wants to hear from us and, and be with him. Yeah, man, you nailed it. I, I, I hate it when my son runs for me not because it makes the discipline harder mm. it does make this one harder yeah <laughs> that's not the reason that's maybe why i feel for a split second mm-hmm. like man well, now i gotta chase you down the hallway and go find you under your bed but then there are moments where the holy spirit reminds me hey like you said this is what you do and i still come to you so then i have to get down to his level yep get down on my knees get down on my chest and find him under his bed <laughs> say hey once he's calmed because sometimes there's a moment where he's inflamed too yep yep and i'm like i love you i'm never going to stop loving you no matter what you do now there's always consequences to your actions right you know um just like there's consequences to our sin and some sins have on have earthly consequences as Mm -hmm. well um but i love you you know and that will that'll never change yeah you know um it's kind of funny uh Somebody I would, I don't even know if, how old this book is. I have this book over here on my desk mm. called 10 Things I Want My Son to Know. And I've only recently started reading it. I've only a couple chapters in. Um, it's been on my bookshelf since I think my son was born, like five yeah. years ago. And just somebody gave it to me. I think my mom gave it to me. And yeah. I just, I just don't, I don't have the time much. I usually do audiobooks, <laughs> you know, understand. And, and podcasts. And um, I started reading it though, because it's short. In the first chapter, if I remember correctly, says, First thing I want my son to know is I want him to know I love him. Hmm. You know, I want him to know that he is my son. I'm going to call him son yeah. and that I love him so that he's mine. You know, and I think that ownership, um, the longer that I dwell on that, 
I mean, it seems like a great thought at the time, but like the longer you really stop and think about that, the ownership, like right. I am your, you know, you are mine. Mm-hmm. You are mine. You are mine. No matter what. No matter what, you know, yeah. and I love that. And like I go back to Ben's words after my dad died. I'm like, mm-hmm. David wrote some, wrote in the Psalms and and who knows what he didn't even write. You know, he wrote some pretty serious things about God in these Psalms, some accusations, let's say, if I can be so bold. Yeah. And God still considered him righteous, you know? Yeah. And I, I'm not a righteous man. You know, I'm a yeah. very flawed man. Yep. Um, I'm just trying to follow God faithfully, you know? Um, I, I, I like the idea. I, I'd love... I need to start doing this. I'm so... It's so kind of you to bring in a copy of this journal. I'm going to start doing it because you're right. Like, I see... I want to get to a point in my life where I don't just... I don't just remember the ultimate highlights of my year, mm-hmm. you know. I want to remember the little prayers that were answered as well. Yeah. You know, even even maybe it was just a highlight of my week, but mm-hmm. I didn't, oh, I didn't remember back last October, I was praying for this this week, and God answered this prayer in this way. Yeah. You know, even if the answer is a no, it, it's, it, it's still a way for me to glorify God because I can trust that His wisdom is not mine. Yeah, exactly. You know. You know? Um, you know, I think there are a lot of different ways to pray. Um, you know, I think a prayer journal is, is one, uh, way to do that. But as long as we are honest with God and, you know, are just communicating, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's the, uh, that's the essential. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I, I was going to ask you, I think, a question. As I go back to my list of questions I sent you, um, since since you've become a dad, um, actually, before I ask you that question, I got another yeah. one that popped in my mind. Yeah. The other night, I asked Ryan Jackson a question about worship. I said, mm. "Can a man have a can a, can a man call himself a Christian and have a have a rich relationship with the Lord?" Uh, without being super worshipful, yeah, you know, and and I was meaning more in a musical sense, not just worship in the broad term, mm-hmm. you know. I want to ask you a similar question: like, is it possible to have a a, a, a rich relationship with God, and one that impacts your life, one that changes who you are, um, one that. Uh, helps you work through anxieties, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever sinful proclivities you may have. Yeah. Is it possible to be that kind of a man growing in your faith without prayer? No. <laughs> no, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just think that's the, you know, we can read God's Word, mm-hmm. but it's a totally different ballgame to actually talk to Him. Yeah. You know, um, it's a relationship. It's not just some old book. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's alive and it's um, mm-hmm. it's real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that totally changes yeah. um, your faith and your relationship. If it's just a book of nice parables and stories, yeah, um, yeah, no different than yeah. Aesop or the Greek yeah. mythology. Or, it's yeah. going to be totally different than if it's you know something written for you and he had you in mind along with everyone else yeah um when he 
you know, wrote that. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A good answer. Answer. I like that. I agree. Um, yeah. You know, I think, I think there may be this tendency, uh, even among Christian men, you know, wherever they may be in their faith, you know, as baby believers, as longtime elders and pastors in their church, like there may be this thing, correct me if you don't see the, I mean, you feel free to disagree with me, but like, I, I see the two, the, the two things that I see in our culture these days, the, I guess it's just one thing I see in our culture these days is that spiritual life kind of has this rap of being a feminine thing, mm. you know? Um, the men go out and work, the men make the money, the men exercise, the men like sports, the men, you know, do it all the menly things, but the spiritual life side of life, that's not really an American man kind of thing. And I speak on, as an American, as a Texan, yeah. you yeah. know, I don't know what it's like worldwide. Yeah. Uh, another. No, I, I think you're right. Um, you know, I think it's seen as almost weak to say that I need God. I need yeah. someone else. Yeah. I can't do it on my own. That's, I mean, that, frankly, it is weakness, but, um, you know, it's, it's truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of guys want to say, you know, I can, I can do it if I just, um, work hard enough and, yeah. um, you know, dedicate myself to it. I can do anything. And really, you know, we found that's, that's not true. You need, um, God, in your life. And, you know, I think, especially if you think about, you know, the fruits of the spirit Mm -hmm. that were listed, if you Mm -hmm. list those out, is that what someone sees as like a modern day action hero? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Doubt it. Um, But that's the world's definition of a man. You know, it's, that's not um, what the Bible says um, that we should be. So. Yeah, you brought to mind, so at, at church this morning, we had a men's Bible study uh, at 6 a.m. every couple Thursdays. We do this thing where we're starting to talk about eldership. Mm. And um, are we seeing the fruits of the Spirit in the average American man? Even in the average man who goes to church who would call himself a Christian, I, I, I'm not so sure that we do. No. You know, And I certainly don't mean to be legalistic. I don't mean to pile on obligations beyond having faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. to be a Christian. But I think there are, again, feel free to disagree with me, but I think part of my motivation for starting this podcast is that I see a lot of men who identify themselves as Christians who are not Christians. And no. I don't think they realize that, you know, like they're no. not, they're not, their life, what they would say their faith is like, it's not producing fruit yeah. in their life, you know, and these are the marks of a, of a man who's been changed by the truth of the gospel. Yeah, maybe like culturally Christian, but not yeah an yeah. active faith. Yeah, not an active faith, you know. And maybe their their wife has an active faith. Maybe mm. their kids have an active faith. Maybe their parents, their brothers and sisters, but they don't, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that is due to, like I was saying earlier, like this American idea that religion. I hate to even. I, it makes me weird mm-hmm. saying weird. Feel weird <laughs> saying that, but like spiritual matters are a feminine thing, yeah. you know, and, and I think you you hit the nail on the head too, because it requires a denial of self. And that's definitely not an American idea. Yeah. Uh, we were talking at, at this men's Bible study this morning about the qualifications for, for, for elders, you know, for deacons and first uh, Timothy three. And uh, the saying is trustworthy. 
If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up in a conceit and fall, in con- fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, that is, non-Christians, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. As I, to our discussion, as I think of what a current American Western man looks mm-hmm. like, it's not those things. No. It's not those things. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny you, you say that. Um, I'm a deacon at... Um, my church and you know every year we um you know try to find new deacons and uh the number of people who qualify are less and less it's hard um you know for many different reasons divorce um no kids Mm -hmm. um you know the qualities that you talked about yeah and it's just it's just part of our world now um and it's it's sad it is sad is that I, I'm haunted by, regularly by the verse about you know, why does the path that leads to destruction, you know, you know, yeah. like I'm I'm haunted by that a yeah. lot, you know, I, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I think about that a lot when mm-hmm. when, I, when I see, the things that are happening when I see the shifting sands of modern culture. Yeah. Um, I want to get back to our discussion a little bit uh, on prayer and and our families. Um, this is something I wanted to, you know, since you've become a dad, you're now a dad of two. You've got a nine-month-old um, and a three-year-old. Has prayer taken on a different look for you? Has it taken on a deeper meaning for you? What does it mean? Like, how, how do you model it for your kids? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I I frankly have never been someone who likes praying out loud. Yeah. Um, just I just don't like the yeah. attention. Likewise. <laughs> Interestingly, you know, I'm told more than happy to sing in front yeah. of folks, but I, I don't love praying Interesting. in front of people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um you know, I don't know if it's because it feels like very personal or something, uh, yeah. but, um, you know, I've, I've made myself pray in front of, you know, the kids and, um, cause I want them to see a dad who does that. Um, and so mm-hmm. we, we pray, you know, every night before we go to bed and, you know, uh, whether he, they want to or not, um, it's just part of the routine and, mm-hmm. you know, I pray for them. I pray, um, for whatever's coming up the next day with them and um you know but I, I want them to see a dad who may be a terrible prayer but mm-hmm. uh that prays and yeah. they they can see that uh modeled for them i love that i love that i think it's very i love that you want to see that modeled i think yeah i don't know i i think when i when i think of making it a routine my initial response is like well it shouldn't be so routine that it becomes rote mm. but if you had to pick a side to err on, I want my child to see a dad who prays. Yeah. You know, because you train your child up in the way they should go. I want my child to be a person who prays. Yeah. I mean, I think that's very important to me. I think if nothing else in life, I would be probably in tears, um, you know, hopefully when my kids um, come to know the Lord and they, mm. they have their own faith. Yeah. That, I mean, honestly, that would be 
the greatest gift yeah. um, as a dad to see that and be a small part of that. And obviously God Amen. Um, uses me to do that, but that would be, um, you know, a perfect, yeah, perfect thing. That's what I'm looking forward to as well. You know, I, 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 I see other kids in our church, you know, who are older than my mm-hmm. oldest, you know, coming to faith. And see them grow, and especially as they get baptized, the day the yes. they get baptized, <laughs> I always get a tear in my eye. Yeah, you know, and and I, <laughs> when I was a new believer, you know, or going, know. you know, like before I was, like I, I'd clap, you know, clap, yeah. and it's just what we do, and like, oh, that's cool. Sermon's mm-hmm. gonna be a little shorter today because we've got yeah. the baptisms to do. Great, that's awesome. Uh, but man, now I see it, I'm like, I will be happier to see my son and my daughter be baptized. Yeah, as a sign of their inward faith, uh, than I will about just about anything they could do. Yeah, I mean no. anything, really, truly anything. I mean, really, it's right up there with their wedding day. You yeah. know, it's right up there with them landing their dream job or mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, you're going to be a grandpa now." Like any, like yeah. Man. Like I mean, I know how impactful it has been for my life and changing for me. Mm. Um, it's been and to see, I'm the same way. Um, when the baptisms start, my wife knows I'm a softie. I mean, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tear up. That doesn't up, surprise me. And she, knows, you have. Yeah. she knows exactly what's about to happen. I love that. Do you, speaking of your wife, do you guys spend time in prayer together? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say we're perfect, but we, we pray before bed. Um, we pray wow. with each other, you know, when, when there's something important coming up or we feel, mm. one of us feels anxious or, um, you know, upset by something, we, we pray together. And, uh, you know, I think it makes a big difference in our marriage yeah. um, when we're regularly doing that. Yeah. Um, when we don't, I, it makes a difference yeah. um, in how we communicate. Um, you know, even simply praying for each other, like taking turns, I pray for her, she prays for me. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's it's taking care of each other mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and going to the Lord for each other mm-hmm. um, as each other's spouses. And yeah. um, I think there's a beautiful element when you're doing it in each other's presence. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm praying out loud, so it's yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's something that I I've made myself do as a husband, as a father, and yeah. Um, but you've got to. Yeah, yeah. I remember my wife and I when we were dating, we would we would pray together more regularly. Um, and it's something I regret that we d- we do. We certainly do pray together, not every night, mm-hmm. um, every week, if, at least a few times, yeah. at different times we'll, we'll pray with our kids mm-hmm. and we'll include like our prayers in that as well. Yeah. Much to the, sometimes to the boredom of our kids, I'm sure, you know, they'll start <laughs> playing in the middle of our prayer and that's fine. You know, yeah. they're, they're so young, yep. but uh, yeah, I just remember those being the, some of the sweetest moments mm. when we were dating. You know, when she had a big test coming up, uh, or I yep. was stressed out about something, or and it fill in the blank. You know, mm-hmm. moments where we'd hold it, hold each other's hands and just pour out our hearts to God yeah. for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and yeah, I don't know. It, it's you're right. You know, there's definitely. It, it definitely makes your days. I feel like it's it aids in making your days sweeter. It does and smoother. You yeah, know? Um, and yeah, we're we're definitely not perfect at it. Um, yeah. but it definitely makes a difference. Um, you know, in our relationship. 
when we're consistently doing that. Yeah. Do you have any tips for like a family? Let's say there's a family listening or a dad listening who wants to initiate that in their marriage. Um, or let's say maybe they've gone off and on, but they're mm-hmm. sputtering in that habit. You know, maybe they pray together once a week or once yeah. a month or something. Like, do you have any practical rubber meets the road tips? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's um, right before we go to sleep, we're laying in the bed and, you know, lights are off. We're about about to go to sleep, but we're um, that's when kind of our signal um, to pray for each other. Mm-hmm. And you know, we, we hold hands, we um, pray for each other out loud, but I would say find a particular time and place that is like a signal to you. Hmm. It's an instant reminder that this is when we pray. Yeah. Um, and you know, I forget, um, I fall asleep, you know, I'm exhausted, but if you can do that, uh, even half the time Mm -hmm. you're, you're winning the battle, you know, but yeah, I would say find a, find a place and a time that triggers your memory to do that. Yeah, I love that. I love the idea of a signal, a trigger. You know, I, I feel like I've gotten into a great habit of doing that with my kids. Mm. You know, when it's 830 in the evening and I'm laying down with my two-year-old and they share a bedroom, you know, so yeah. it's easy for me to lay in one bed with one and pray out loud for both. Mm-hmm. But then as they've gone to bed, you know, we get into a habit of doing chores and yep. cleaning the house. and yeah you know, answering emails that I haven't been able to answer all day, mm-hmm. you know, and, and things like that. And it's, it's easy to let the nece- the necessities, the to-do list of life, totally push that to the side. And then it's like, Oh, maybe th- you brought something to mind. Like maybe, maybe lack of consistent prayer is to blame partially to blame for rougher days. You know, if you have three or four days in a row or a week in a row or a yeah. month in a row where it's like, you know, we're in love. We're, yeah. Our marriage is fine, but it's like, it's not the sweetest that it's ever been either. Yeah. It could it be that we're, you know, it could be that we're not praying together. Yeah. I mean, we're praying for each other. If you, if you take the perspective of a, of a wife, if there's, you know, your husband says, I want to pray for you. And it's, you know, it's um, taking consideration, you know, that maybe the fears, anxieties, things coming up. Um, things going on in her life. I mean, what wife would not love to hear her husband say those words to God um, Mm -hmm. and just hear that he's listening, he's paying attention, he's caring for her? Um, I, you know, I think Mm -hmm. it makes a big difference. Yeah. And as I, backing up to parenting too, like as I think of who I want my daughter to marry, Mm -hmm. I want her to be wooed by a man who prays for her. Yeah. You know, and so how can I model that for my daughter? Well, I pray for her. Mm-hmm. Set the bar high. You set the bar <laughs> high. Yeah, that's a challenge. Well, I'll wrap up with a few questions. If you've listened to my other episodes, I ask these questions to everybody else. Um, first off, what is so the name of the podcast is the Defiant Dad Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does the word defiant mean to you? Yeah, I think it's uh, someone who goes against the grain. Um, I've talked about this a lot in... Um, our home group at church that, you know, being a Christian, um, honestly, if you're doing it right, probably means you're going to be a little bit weird. I mean, you're not made to fit in with culture and go with the flow and, you know, buy all the same clothes or drive the same car, live in the same house, do the same things. You've got to be set apart, um, and different and be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and hopefully, 
um, your kids see that and they feel comfortable going against the grain too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're going against it. And then we have security in going against the grain. Yeah. You know, because these words that we claim to follow were, were spoken and were, were, were brought into being by someone who died and rose again mm. from the dead, you know, yeah. um, which is significant <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, my friend Andrew Rubinson said that and I was like, you know, that it's just so beautiful how, how brief that is. It's like, yes, we do have faith in Christ for a number of reasons, but yeah, need to say he rose from the dead, you know, like, yep. like I love that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like your words about about defiance, um, especially in that context. Yeah, because it is weird to admit to God. It's weird to pray. It's weird to pray. Yeah, it is. It's weird to pray. You know, like if I, even as a Christian, and I mm-hmm. see like, I think, when I think of prayer, I look at um, just the word prayer, not necessarily in the Christian, you know, the, the Western evangelical reformed sense. Like I just, in prayer, I think of like the Wailing Wall, you know, in Jerusalem. Yeah. And I think of like the the Orthodox Jews, you know, praying in the way that they do, you know, rocking and stuff at the wall. And I think that's strange, mm-hmm. you know, and I think of the Muslims, you know, in the mosque, you know, uh, on, a, on a carpet, mm-hmm. you know, or on a rug, like facing Mecca, you know, mm-hmm. and praying. And I'm like, that's so strange, you know, so like having faith enough to be weird in our way, yeah. you know, in the way, in the correct way, you know, in the yeah. way that's prescribed, that is the ultimate bedrock truth. Um, it's weird. It is. I like that. I, I mean, that. you know, I I hope that um, someone thinks of me that way, uh, weird, yeah. but, <laughs> you know, honestly, it's funny because there are a lot of times where I meet someone for the first time or just observe someone, you know, from afar, and I, I, I can tell. Um, that they're a Christian just yeah. from their the way they treat people, the way they're talking, um, and it's not in some cu- cultural way. Yeah, and it's um, not like they're wearing a, a cross necklace. Or yeah, a, there's just something yeah. different um, about them, and I, you know, I think honestly that's the best testimony you could have, mm. not in your face, you know, um, shouting or even saying anything, but just being a little bit different where they ask. What what's different about you? Yeah, um, there's something you don't see me pursuing the things other yeah men pursue. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. That's great. Uh, what is a book other than the Bible that has significantly uh, shaped your life? Other than, of course, the the prayer journal for men. <laughs> of course, <laughs> no. Uh, um, you know, honestly, the uh, prayer by um, Tim Keller's um, mm. amazing. I mean, it's. Just the way that he um, even breaks down the Lord's Prayer of um, this is how you should pray, mm-hmm. um, incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and frankly, had to read some pages a few times to mm-hmm. fully grasp what he's saying because it's so rich. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, what, what an incredible, incredible guy. Tim Keller, yeah, man, the late Tim Keller. He has such an incredible... Um, I confess, I've not read many of his works, but I have read The Reason for God, and it mm-hmm. really... It really solidified, I think, my many, many or all, let's say, elements of my personal theology and my yeah. walk, you know, put it, put them to writing, mm-hmm. you know, in a modern way. Um, you know, again, the Bible is my ultimate source of truth. I don't, don't let me say the Bible plus yeah. this, but like the reason for God, Tim Keller lived in a very postmodern place. Totally. In New York City. Yeah. There's plenty of 
plenty, bucket loads of mm-hmm. resistance to the gospel there. And he preached faithfully for a long time there, encountered all sorts of objections, listed his most common objections to faith in this book. And it really tied together a lot of the things that I believe in such a dis- uh, easily packaged way. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, Tim Keller, man. I have to check this one out. Pretty. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. If you recommend it, I will definitely check it out. Yeah. I mean, really, it, it took me several <laughs> several reads to, to grasp some of it. Um, maybe, maybe I'm dumb, but... <laughs> no, you're not dumb. No, there's some just, books that are just that, that great. Like, yeah. you don't want to... Sp- you know, it's not like you're listening to a John Grisham novel. Right. You pop it on your audio and you yeah. drive four hours and like, oh, that was great. Like, It's a lot to chew on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really recommend that book. You ever had a book where you're like... <laughs> I had a great book that really... I won't say it was one of the more foundational books in my faith, but it really gave me a lot to think of this a uh, few months ago. It's called The Air I Breathe, hmm. the, Air, the Air We Breathe by Glenn Scrivener. Okay. Uh, briefly, it's it's uh, the idea that so many of the things that we value as Westerners hmm. uh, are actually did not even exist until Jesus spoke them and taught them. You know, the idea of, uh, of uh, defending the weak, the idea of yeah. cons- uh, consent, mm. uh, the idea of taking care of our of our poor, the mm. idea of taking care of our sick, mm. um, a number of things, and he says it way more eloquently and has a much more com- comprehensive list than yeah. I just listed. But interesting, um, yeah, it was a, it was the first book I'd read in years where I was like, okay, I got to go back. I, I, I was <laughs> I can distinctly remember. Every chapter, you, you've got a... You've, it's a great book. I think you like it. I recommend it to everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'll check it out. Um, but <laughs> I can distinctly remember mowing the grass like multiple weeks in a row because it was just here in the springtime as the grass started growing again. Mm-hmm. And like I'd go down one strip or two strips and I'm like, hang on. And I pull my phone out, back up 30 seconds. Okay, yes. now I'm really going to listen again. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, no, back up again, 15 seconds. Okay, the third time through this sentence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, yep. uh, it, it's funny. It, I think that's a the sign of a of a very solid book. Totally when you do that, and I so prayer by Tim Keller. Yeah, can't wait to hear. It. I can't wait to hear it. I'll probably listen to it honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'll be great. Perfect. Um, I want to know uh, so our our listeners can get to know you more. Uh, everybody's got them. What's a controversial opinion you have about a certain food dish? Well, um, yeah. So this might be controversial, but um, so my wife. Um, was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Oh, I don't even know. Before we met. Okay. Um, and she has basically used food um, to heal her, her mm. body. Oh, wow. Um, and so that would be my controversial take. Interesting. Is that okay. Food has the power to heal. I love it. I mean, yeah. I mean it makes sense. Yeah. You know, I, um, I, uh, was I was never like a heavy guy ever, you know, like the heaviest I've ever been was like 195. Hmm. I think my healthy weight is probably about around 175, 170 in that range. And I remember uh, finally like taking an interest in the number of calories I'm taking in on a day. Yeah. Um, when I when I started paying attention to that and I limited myself, like I found all sorts of calculators online. I used a few before I got to a consensus and I was like, okay, I really mm-hmm. feel like I only need X number of calories a day. And if I stay under that, still eating what I want to eat, 
you know, but then once you start doing that, you realize, yeah. man, this bag of donut holes is 900 <laughs> calories. Yeah. Opens oh. your eyes. Oh man. Yeah. It really opens your eyes, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So I, it makes sense. Like I, I, yeah. I, I totally am open to that idea that the food you eat could be healing to you, even to specific conditions. Yeah. Um, you know, there's honestly, there are some doctors, um, especially in, you know, poor communities where nutrition is totally lacking, mm-hmm. um, you know, mostly eating fast food and, and things, whatever, yeah. whatever's available, yeah. um, that doctors are prescribing, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables, um, for different, you know, diseases, yeah. um, to help cure them or at least help remedy it. Yeah. Um, makes sense. And yeah. <laughs> that's my interesting take. That's well, you look great. I mean, <laughs> dude, you you look like you're in well, shape. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, my wife says I've got a little bit of a belly. So no way. <laughs> oh, shoot, if you have a little bit of belly, don't let her see me. Um, that's funny. Uh, do you? Does she? Do you cook? Does she cook? Or do you? Do you eat out much? I I don't know. Um, I would say we eat out maybe twice a week yeah, and okay, cook so. cook most of the other nights. Nice. Um, so we we try to cook as little as possible. Yeah. Um, Does your wife work? Um, she does not. She's home with the kids. Oh, so, that's beautiful. That's um, great. Yeah, she loves it. Um, she told me before we got married that was a non-negotiable. Okay. So I okay. knew what I was getting into, but yeah. no, honestly, I I love to cook. We cook together, um, and it's it's fun. Yeah. Um, she keeps me healthy for sure. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, I'm blessed. You know, Katrina, uh, my wife wanted to work, yeah. um, you know, and I'm more than happy to her and there's seasons where she doesn't want to, you know, but we're, we're in a great situation right now where she works three days a week. She's doing something she's trained to do. She yeah. loves what she does. But then the days that she's off as time allows and as energy with the kids allow and stuff like that. And, you know, mm-hmm. she's able to cook when she wants yeah. and stuff. And, um, I think she's a great cook. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. One, I want to ask you one final question. I'm going to put you, um, into a fight to the death, barehanded. Okay. Um, you're a very aggressive guy, yes. you know, so this is right up your alley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, barehanded fight to the death. You're locked in a room. Uh, you have to pick your opponent. And if you win, you will receive innumerable fame and fortune. Um, would you rather fight one, uh, one horse-sized duck or 100 duck sized horses interesting this is interesting because you're an engineer so i bet you may have some angles to this that i haven't heard yet yeah um honestly i'm gonna go with the horse-sized duck which i think is maybe different from some of your other Mm -hmm. other guests i need to start taking a tally i'm gonna have to put up a board yeah as soon as i have people in here just yeah um yeah i i don't know there's something about a hundred little things trying to attack me that just really <laughs> scares me makes you uneasy, uh, makes huh? me think of jurassic park and those little oh yeah velociraptors that just jump on you <laughs> they probably wouldn't be that aggressive but yeah that, i don't know that's my thought as long as they don't turn around and start <laughs> kicking you i suppose yeah i always think about that too with the with the the army of, of <laughs> tiny horses like if you fall you're toast yeah you know because like a duck is not a duck is not golf ball sized or even right. water bottle sized. A duck is still mm-hmm. a foot tall, and a horse with four hooves instead yeah. of two soft leathery yeah. duck feet. Just saying, I don't know. if they really work together, a hundred could really take you down. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I was talking to who was I talking to? I think I was talking to Chris Taylor last week, and he said he would 
he would take on the army of of horses. But he had an interesting point. He said, you know, maybe if I can grab one of the horses and use it as a weapon against the others, <laughs> you know, like swinging around. I like it. Uh, like a tennis racket or something. He might stand a fighting chance. Yeah. So Cody Cotton, thank you so much, man. Yeah. It really has been a pleasure having you here. It's right to reconnect a little bit. Yeah. Um, not that we like lost touch, but really to reconnect is so sweet, man. 20 years. Yeah, dude. Um, <laughs> so if people wanted to um, find your prayer journal for men, how can they do so? Yeah, I mean, it's on Amazon. Just uh, type in Prayer Journal for Men, Cody Cotton. Can you spell and your last name for those who don't know you? Yes, I would love to. Yeah. <laughs> C-O-T-T-E-N. Awesome, yeah. awesome. And are you on Instagram or Twitter? Do you want people to contact you there? If not, it's sure. okay. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. So, what's, um, what's your handle? Uh, I believe it's just my name. Just Cody Cotton. Perfect. Yep. Okay, let's easy to remember. Uh, cool. Well, man, thank you again so much. I'll have yeah. to have you again sometime. It's really, it. really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. One of the joys of starting this podcast has been the chance to reconnect with old friends who've uh, truly experienced some tremendous growth in the Lord. Cody Cotton, a friend of mine, as long as I've known him, he's always, always been a rock-solid guy. Um, every interaction I've ever had has always been just first class. And then to see him publish this prayer journal, uh, to hear him dive into the subject even further, uh, share some great wisdom and knowledge uh, with me, my listeners uh, my heart and my mind are so full right now i'm so grateful if you have any feedback i'd really love to hear from you uh, send me a message straight from the homepage at defiantdad.com and if you haven't already please don't forget to subscribe and if you like the show again please consider sharing it with a friend and uh, maybe leave me a five-star rating as well these are all super simple ways to help boost the visibility boost the visibility excuse me of the show so that uh, more dads like you and i can hear the life-changing, the truly life-changing message of the gospel. If you're on Instagram, I'd be honored to have your follow there. The name is The Defiant Dad, all one word. That's The Defiant Dad on Instagram. This is The Defiant Dad Podcast. My name is Andrew Sullivan. I'll catch you next Monday. Thank you so much for listening.